Hello and welcome to this week's episode of That Brooklyn Film Show. As we enter this new year, we're going to be taking a look at the past movie year, giving it a quick grade and reflecting on the first movie that we saw back in 2021 when the movie theaters reopened. And then we'll also be going into the movies that are coming up this year in 2022 that we're most looking forward to. So Jabari, I think me and you might have gone back to see our first movie together, which I believe was Nomadland. Is that correct? Uh, yeah. You know, it's funny because the Oscar season and how they work, I automatically thought Nomadland was a 2020 film. Mm-hmm. So in my mind, I'm thinking like, oh, wow, no, Nomadland came out in 2021. Because, you know, when you think of Oscar movies, you always think the year before. But because 2020 was such a weird, 2021 was such a weird year, that movie came out in 2021. So, yeah, I think Nomadland, unfortunately, was one of the first movies that I saw <laughs> in 2021. Yeah, that was, I think that was the first for me. And then there was kind of a long break. And then I went back and the next movie I saw was um, Godzilla, King of Monsters, which was a very different experience. Obviously, it's kind of like a big blockbuster versus like this smaller um, indie film. But I do think it's kind of easy to think of like the movie uh, year and the kind of Oscar award season segment. So movies that did come out in 2021 do sometimes feel like 2020 movies although they're technically 2021 movies. So, like, when thinking of myself and thinking of how I wanted to, like, to grade the overall movie year, it was a little bit difficult because I was kind of, um, like, thinking of all the movies I kind of saw from May on and not thinking of the movies I saw at the beginning of the year. So I didn't consider, you know, Judas and the Black Messiah. I didn't consider uh, One Night in Miami. I didn't consider Nomad. I didn't consider any of those. I thought of those as, like, 2020 movies exactly there's one movie on your list i'm not going to spoil it but i didn't think of it as a 2022 movie Mm -hmm. until you put it on your list i'm like oh duh that is technically a 2020 movie Mm -hmm. although it came out coming out in january yeah or came out in january um but yeah i think for me 2021 was a very kind of okay year for movies um i feel like a lot of things that were supposed to come out in 2020 came out in 2021 back yeah and I think overall, I probably would have graded like a C, like yeah. Um, I'd probably say a B. Um, I enjoyed a lot of the movies. I think more than other people did. Like, mm-hmm. I really enjoyed the Green Knight. Um, is the movie with Denzel Washington? What's it called? Macbeth. Tragedy Macbeth. Macbeth. Is that a twenty twenty movie? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it came out in limited release in twenty twenty. Yeah. So, so movies I mean, like like I didn't know what was going on, but I thought it was a really beautifully shot film. Um. King Kong versus Godzilla, I thought that was way better than a lot of people did. I mean, it was reviewed well, so it was not like people yeah. thought it was bad. Um, Spider-Man, I thought, was a great film. I'm just trying to, like, go back and think about films that I thought were really good. Like, I would give it C+. I would say C+, C plus. is around fair. I think, yeah, yeah, I would give, yeah. Because I think about, or maybe I'll start to think about it in, like, again, the Oscar term. So I kind of think about it in two ways, which is, like, blockbuster movies and then, like, serious Oscar movies. Even now, the Oscar films are being pushed into 2022 as well because the Oscars is later in the year now. So, But a lot of them did come out in 2020. 2020, yeah. And so far, the ones that I've seen, I have been kind of not super impressed by. I feel like there are years where it's kind of, like, I can think of a movie that I'll be, like, a few years down the line, I will still be talking about this movie, or I think I'll still be talking about this movie if it feels memorable to me. Mm Mm-hmm. So far, from like most of the 2021 movies, it feels like it's gonna live and stay in 2021. Yeah. Like I won't revisit that the year as a movie year as much as 
other movie years. And maybe that is because we're just like slowly opening back up from a pandemic or we're trying to navigate how to have movies in a pandemic. I I think 2021 was better than 2020. Oh, for sure. Because I didn't like 2020 movies at all. Like, I think I'll revisit Green Knight. Like, I really enjoyed that film. I think I'll revisit like Godzilla King Kong, just like a fun film Film. to watch. Mm -hmm. Spider-Man Homecoming. Oh, not Homecoming. Which one is this? Um, What is it? So many Spider-Man films. I was about to say across the universe. Um, <laughs> Spider-Man. If I sing in Beatles songs, no way Spider-Man home. Movie. No way home. I'm thinking that's gonna be a revisited film. Yeah. I enjoy Shang Chi, which was good to me. I didn't watch Eternals. I'm not gonna watch Eternals. Everyone oh. says it's terrible. Yeah. Dune. I enjoyed Dune. I do think. Dune, I didn't see Dune. That's one of the few films I actually uh, need to watch that yeah, you I haven't watch seen it. yet. Yeah. I think Dune gets better when you know that there is gonna be a sequel made. Like, if there yeah. was no sequel made, then Dune probably wouldn't feel as like. I enjoyed it as much. I think my yeah. enjoyment would have went down, but I did enjoy it. Um, West Side Story, I know a lot of people were like, it was unnecessary, but I did enjoy it Yeah. Um, for what it was. And Encanto, which is the Disney movie. I didn't see um, that one. You should watch this on Disney+. Plus. That was okay. a pretty good one. I just actually watched it this year, though. I, I didn't, didn't watch, watch as many animated films last year as I wanted to. Yeah. I need to visit a lot of those. I think um, animated films are a little bit harder to do because it requires you being in the office. And I think that people really weren't making as many as they usually do. Mm-hmm. Like, I think we needed more animated films last year. But I also need to just visit some more of them. Yeah, I know. A lot of the animated films from last year are being pushed into this year, so. Yeah, I know you have, like, um, Luca came out. I haven't seen that. Yeah, I haven't um, seen that one either. Again, Encanto, which was good. You have Riot and the Last Dragon, which I haven't seen. That was a good one. That was that a was really, good. really good okay, one. Okay, so yeah. maybe I'll revisit that one. But, yeah, there are a few, I think, that came out um, last year. But with that, since we both give it around a C plus grade, let's get into our top ten movies that we're looking forward to in no particular order coming out in twenty twenty two. I think it'll be fun to revisit at the end of the year as well how these movies stood up to our expectations, and then um, if they're in like our top ten of the year, or <laughs> if they kind of just were not yeah. you know, as good as we um, our expectations were for them. So, do you want hello? I didn't do it in any particular order, so I will start with a movie I think is like, you know, one of the blockbusters is The Batman. And that's a film that it recently came out that is going to be rated PG-13. So that kind of, you know, changed how I feel about it a little bit because, you know, I wanted a F-bomb swearing. I'm going to break your legs, Batman, but we're probably going to get more of a, you know, traditional Batman. You get one F-bomb in a PG-13 movie. You get one movie, F-bomb, so yeah, yeah, yeah. I get one. Yeah, it's not going to be like Quentin Tarantino's The Batman. So I'm going to give a brief summary of what the... I mean, everyone knows what The Batman yeah, is. it's The Batman, yeah. <laughs> it says, in his second year of crime fighting, Batman uncovers corruption in Gotham City that connects to his own family while facing a serial killer known as the Riddler. And the Riddler has always been my least favorite Batman super- villain because it's like you're a villain that tells riddles. And it's just kind of corny to me, but I like the direction that it looks like they're going in. Like, I really like, um, what's his name again? Robert Pattinson. Robert Pattinson as an actor. Like, I would say he's probably one of my top 20 actors right now. Um, I want to see what he's able to bring to the character that's different than someone like Ben Affleck or um, Christian, Bale. Christian Bale. So, I'm really looking forward to this movie. And the trailers all look like they're taking a unique art direction that a lot of the other Batmans don't take. Like, usually it's like the high-tech kind of Batman. He's a little bit more like, I got a Mustang. And yeah. my costume is a little bit rough, but... I want to see what they do with it and how they, what angle they take it in this direction and how Robert Patterson, who's a little bit more of a, I would call him like a low key kind of actor. 
Mm. Like he's not really like the most expressive guy. I want to see how he bring what he brings to his Batman and Bruce Wayne because of that. Yeah, so this isn't on my top 10 list, but I am looking forward to it as well. I think it's interesting because Batman is one of those superheroes that's kind of done to death. Like there's constantly he's like Sp- the Spider-Man of the DCEU or the DC universe. Um where they're constantly remaking Batman uh materials or Batman movies. And it'll be interesting to see because I think the whole thing with this new Batman is that he's, again, like you mentioned, it's like the second year of his um, crime fighting career. So he's like an earlier on Batman than you've seen with Ben Affleck or Christian Bale, who are kind of like older, more seasoned Batman. So I am interested to see, yeah, the direction that it goes. I think the PG-13 of it all can be a hindrance. So hopefully they don't just like put all the fight scenes in the dark to make it less violent. But you know they can they can push it with PG thirteen. I think still you just want to have a a wider audience, which is probably why they kept it to that PG thirteen rating. Yeah, I think that's what it is too. It's kind of obvious that they want to um bring this out to as many people as possible, and you can always do that more with a PG thirteen film. It's like you don't make your marquee superheroes rated R. That's why I think movies like The Punisher tend to not do as well. I mean, also The Punisher is not as well known as a superhero. Mm. But remember when Iron Man came out, Iron Man wasn't like the biggest marquee superhero. So it's kind of easier to push like the more family friendly films out if it's PG-13. I mean, but I'm Batman's also Batman's not really family. Not family friendly. Well, yeah, he's, he's, Batman's kind of family friendly. Yeah. Like. yeah, he'd be hurting people, but it's like, I don't know. It's like hurting people in a good way. It's like <laughs> hurting people in a good way. You'd be standing there. Probably just like, you know, down on your luck. Well, yeah, I stealing mean. Stealing like a, a piece of bread for your family. And then you guys see Batman breaking all your bones. Well, it's <laughs> like, like he always, it's always reminds you that you're going to be on a feeding tube because you sold an ounce of weed. Yeah. Because of like, Batman. Yeah, he's a little bit of a, um, you know, zealot for crime. But it is what it is. But I'm also just want to kind of see a superhero film that's not MCU-ified. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, the MCU got this. I have my problems with the MCU. Not that it's bad, but it's just kind of, it's a formula. Yeah. And I want to see something outside of that formula that's a superhero film. Now, Batman has his own formula, so we're going to see if they're able to break free of the Batman formula. Because with Batman, is hit or miss. Yeah. But um, So what's the first film on your list? The first film on my list is called Everything, Everywhere, All at Once. Um, directed by Dave Daniel Kwan and Daniel... I'm going to try and pronounce it correctly. Uh, Scheitner? Nert? And it's about an aging Chinese immigrant who is swept up into an insane adventure where she alone can save the world by exploring other universes connecting with the lives she could have lived. Um, I just saw the trailer for this when I was in the movies the other day, and it looks really interesting. It's kind of like Michelle Yeoh's character is, the, again, seeing all of these um, different lives she could have lived. And I think... I debated between this and putting uh, Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness on my list. But I think, like you mentioned, Marvel has a very strict formula that they like to follow. So Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness, while it might introduce some like interesting multiversal concept, is eventually going to end up in that same kind of realm. kind of realm of the other Marvel movies. So it'll be interesting to see this movie... Because it looks kind of like funny. It looks kind of weird. It's again, it's A24. So, you know, it's going to have a kind of a smaller uh, feel <laughs> to it. I was and, thinking, um, I got confused for a second because you said it's A24. I'm like, wait, 
24 is doing a Marvel film? Because I was thinking Doctor Strange. I'm like, wait, what? That's oh, no, no, that'd be interesting. You mean the other crossover. one? Yeah, 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 that'd be like super weird. Um, well, okay. So I'm interested to see how a different studio kind of deals with a multi- multiversal topic. And you kind of see her in like a small office as like a laundry worker, but then you see her in like ancient China and you see her in like all these different places. So I'm kind of interested to see how those mm-hmm. all tie together. And again, how this film will be different than something um, well, no, as big scale. as a grander scale. Yes, I such always, as Doctor Strange. I never um heard of this film, but I'm interested now because I tend to like, I was talking to some friends in a group chat and pretty much I was like, I enjoy Spider-Man, but the amount of characters mean that it wasn't as focused as I would like to be. Mm-hmm. So I think in a movie like this, where it's focused on one character, kind of like you remember, um, what was the TV show called again that came out last year? Black people in sci-fi and horror. Um, Lovecraft. Lovecraft Country. Country. It's like the episode with the mother where she was like kind of bouncing around the universe and all that stuff. It kind of mm-hmm. that's what kind of comes to mind when you tell me this, of like a focused story about one person as they bounce across in the multiverse, as opposed to like this grand scale narrative about 40 different characters and having to connect to past movies and set up future movies. It's like a contained story about one person. So that does sound very interesting. Yeah. Um, all right, Jabari. So then what is your number or ninth film? Um, my ninth film, like I said, this is in no particular order. These are just movies that I've written down in this order is Nope. I literally couldn't find any summary of it. I just know it was directed by Jordan Peele. Like, I'm I'm interested to see what he does with this one because Jordan Peele's kind of um his movies I want to see how they age because I love Get Out mm-hmm. I thought um the last one Us Us was really good but they were very mid 2010s I want to see how they do seven eight years after those came out so nope it's kind of it was kind of like you know how that Twitter error was it was like very hashtaggy different stuff like that i i can see where you're coming from i think maybe i think his movies will age well nope is also on my list so oh get out one of I'm my just, favorite movies of all time so um, i think they age well yeah i'm just gonna say nope is for my number yeah uh, nine as well because i have that on my list um i think the problem is and not with his movies with this whole twitter error is that there's so many people trying to emulate what he's done yeah. and they're not emulating it well. So now you have a bunch of woke, I'm using finger quotes here, woke movies that are trying to um, have a message, but they're not doing it with the finesse that he was able to with get out. Mm-hmm. Um, I think us was like a little bit it was less a little bit thin, on the nose. but yeah. I still think us was really good, but other movies that have come out since then um, that are not Jordan Peele, but people that are either inspired by or maybe he's even produced yeah. are a little bit too on the nose for me. That's like was my issue with Candyman um, oh, yeah, last Candyman year. Oh, yeah, super on the nose, yeah. I think Candyman was better than a lot of the others yeah. <laughs> that have been inspired by him, but it was still um, too on the nose. But I do think it'll be interesting because this one has like no, again, like no description. You just have a poster and then you have the fact that Kiki Palmer, Daniel Kuya, and Steven Yeun are the, main the stars basically. of it. Yeah, so it'll be interesting to see if it's kind of like, you know, based around race again, if it's based yeah. around something else, like what direction he'll he'll take it in. Yeah, that's kind of how I feel is that um, I love Get Out. It's one of my favorite films of all time. I'd probably say top 10. Us was, I really enjoyed it, but it was definitely not as 
finesse as Get Out. It was a little bit more on the nose. I thought the concept was really good, though. I really enjoyed the film, too. So I want to see how Nope is considering the... um. Once you kind of know what someone is able to do, they kind of have to switch it up a lot in order to continue to keep surprising. Like, Quentin Tarantino... People kind of know what a Tarantino film is, mm-hmm. but I guess his settings and stuff are so vastly different that it's always kind of, you know, able to feel new. Like Django and Kill Bill kind of have the same vibe, but because the setting is so different and the characters are kind of like different, you're still interested. The world of Get Out, Us, and Nope kind of feel like it's going to be in the same world. So the finesse is going to be about the story. And then when you're also trying to have a finesse of like, oh, we're going to have a plot to us all the time. Mm-hmm. That's where it gets kind of difficult. M. Night Shyamalan effect, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I don't want um, Jordan Peele to get into the way of like, okay, we're going to make a race-based film with a plot that says that white people are the bad guys. Because I do kind of, I, like, I don't mind that in general. I but really I think, think the finesse needs to be there. I don't really consider us to be race-based. I thought us was more so, like... I think it wasn't a story about race per se. I think it was just starring black people. Yeah. Like there wasn't any overt racism or anything going on in us. I think it was maybe more like capitalism or something like that was the message of us. I have to like revisit it, but I didn't really get the racial aspect from it. It was kind of like those above and those below. Yeah. how you get um, the ones above have like the privilege. More so, of a social economic kind yeah. of message then. But I mean, it's tied. To, we, we could like. I mean, yeah, social economic. Always do an episode race, on race because it's a lot there. Of I missed a lot of episode of race, uh, episode mm-hmm. of us because there's a lot there. But I get what you're saying. But I think that his movies kind of have that same, you know, socially conscious yeah. vibe. Yeah, and I'm I'm curious to see what he does with it. Like I think he's gonna pull it off because I enjoy. I literally enjoyed all his films so far. Like. I thought Us was like an 8 out of 10, and I thought Get Out was a 10 out of 10. Like, Yeah, I for sure think that Nope is going to have some sort of social commentary aspect related to it or around it. I don't necessarily think it's going to be. I'd be disappointed if it didn't. Or it might, yeah, it might not be yeah. race, but it's going to have some sort of social commentary yeah. tied to it. And you can't go wrong with Daniel Kaluuya. Like, I think he's another he's really top 20 actor. actor. Yeah, he's so good. Kiki Palmer. I feel like she just hasn't gotten a chance to. Show since. She, yeah, she hasn't been in a lot. So yeah, I'm, she's been socially relevant but she hasn't really been actively relevant in a long yeah time. so i'm hoping that she gets a chance to and steven yuan i mean is it yuan or yuan i think uh, yen yen one um yeah. but i'm hoping that yeah gives her a chance to show her acting chops if she has them. i'm sure he cast her yeah for a reason so it'll be interesting to see her but yeah she i think she stayed relevant she just hasn't been in so much acting as she has like you know just hosting or social media or things like that. So it's good to see like her career gets to have kind of like a second life. Although she's only in her twenties, I think. So the fact that it's a second yeah, life she's like, still like very She's young. like our age when yet she had needs a second acting career is crazy. Yeah. But she started so young, that's why. Yeah. So um what's the next film on your list? Uh the next film on my list is <laughs> I'm a little bit um skeptical about this one, but I'm interested to see how it turns out, which is I Wanna Dance with Somebody, which is a Whitney Houston biopic. Um it's coming out in December, which makes me think it's going to be like Oscar Beatty. So I'm hoping that it's a good film. Um, it's directed by Casey Lemons, who did like Eve's Bayou, Harriet. Um, and Eve's Bayou was really good. <laughs> Harriet, never yeah, seen it. Yeah, I was it. thinking I to myself, hear... like, excuse me? How do you yeah, go from Eve's, Eve's Bayou, Bayou to, to Harriet? Harriet. Uh-huh. My God. Um, so... Those are the only two films she directed, too? 
That's I don't think so. I think those, no, I think those are like the big Oh, the big, big ones. Films. Okay. Yeah, I'm sure she's directed a lot more. Um, she was actually, an, I believe she was an actress. She was in Silence of the Lambs. She was like the black best friend in Silence of the Lambs. Um, but yeah, it stars some actress named Naomi Aki. I believe she's British, but you know, they like to cast British people in everything. So, um, and Ashton Sanders, which was the boy from Moonlight um, in the second phase of his life. Um, and yeah, he she plays Whitney Houston. He plays Bobby Brown. Um, so I'm interested to see if it's like handled uh, respectfully, if it's well acted, if it's well directed. Um, so that's like, yeah, the eighth film on my list. What about you? I don't really have any opinion on I want to <laughs> dance with somebody. Um, I don't really have like much interest in Whitney Houston and her life and all that stuff. Like, mm. I'm not like I'm not the biggest fan of biopics in general. Like, I there's some really great ones. But I think there's so many original stories to tell that I don't think we need to be telling stories that happened. I so yeah, I kind of agree with that. I'm just I'm kind of interested to see how it'll turn out. And it's like I feel like this year in particular has been like the year of biopics, or last yeah. year where you had like the Lucille Ball one, you had um, the Spencer, you had Aretha two times, one for TV, one for a movie. Mm-hmm. You had, and that's kind of like what gets like the love um, yeah. from people. Even House of Gucci is kind of, it's not like a straight biopic, but it's like based off of a real story. It's not like an original story. Yeah. And I do, I am more interested in original stories, but I am interested to see like the response to this one about like this super well-known um, singer probably regarded like by a lot as like one of the greatest singers, like mm-hmm. for entertainers in like the black community in, in general, like not even just the black community. So I'm interested to see how, to see how it is handled, especially with like you know, her drug addiction, all that stuff, and then how it's received as well. Okay, um, yeah, I'll keep it on my list. Not, <laughs> that doesn't have to be on your it's list. It's not on the top yeah, of the list. Yeah, you, you just say you might see it. <laughs> I may see it. So next on my list is a movie called Suzume no Tojimari, or it is called Alice and Teresa's Illusionary Wall. It is directed by um, Motoko Shinkai, who did Your Name, Weathering with You, stuff yeah, like that. Be good. Yeah, so that's his next film coming out. Um, A quick premise is, the film is about Suzume, a 17-year-old girl who lives in a quiet town in Kyushu region of southwestern Japan. The story begins when Suzume meets a young man looking for a door. The two travel together and find an old abandoned door at a house. As if pulled by something, Suzume reaches out her hand towards the door, which begins a series of unfortunate events across Japan. So, it's pretty much kind of like an Alice in Wonderland kind of story where she enters this you know, wacky, zany, wonderful world. And anything, like, you know those directors where it's just like, I trust you? Mm-hmm. He's just one of those directors that's like, I trust you. I know it's going to be a sad part. I know there's going to be a loving part. I know it's going to be uh, well animated. So that's just a movie that I'm looking forward to. Um, I wish I had a date on it, but I don't think it, I think it comes out fairly soon. It might have came out in Japan already. I'm not sure, but it's a movie that I'm really looking forward to. Yeah, I actually... Never heard of this, but I now it's kind of on my list. Um, not in my top ten, but on my list um, as well. I loved your name, um, weathering you not as weathering with you not as much, but I still liked it a lot. So that'll be an interesting um, movie to see, and I appreciate that you have like anime films on your list as well. Yeah, I got quite a few, so we'll be back. Okay, so then. The next one on my list is The Northman, 
which is directed by Robert Eggers, um, who directed The Lighthouse and The Vivitch. The Vivitch. <laughs> the Vivitch, yes. Um, and it's about uh, The Northman is an epic revenge thriller that explores how far a Viking prince will go to seek justice for his murder- murdered father. And it stars Ale- Alexander Skarsgård and Anya Taylor-Joy, and then you have some other people in it, no, like William it, Defoe. I must say, William Defoe's in it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So I'm interested. Like, this one... Um, I feel like Viking tales aren't normally my my move type of movies, but I think Robert Eggers is like a really interesting director. Um, the Lighthouse was kind of like a weird, trippy black and white movies that you were sitting in for two hours, kind of not knowing what's going on. The Witch um, was similar, not as trippy, but like still like a like atmospheric horror movie. I feel like that kind of kicked off a lot of like the A twenty four atmospheric horror you started yeah. getting like soon after. Um, eight twenty four did the Vivitch, right? Yeah, yeah, and Lighthouse. Did they do Lighthouse? I'm not sure if they did Lighthouse. But they did the Vivitch. They did the Vivitch, yeah. Um, so after seeing the trailer, I was kind of like, "This looks like a straightforward, you know, revenge chill in a way." But I feel like knowing it's Robert Eggers behind it, there will probably be something that's a little bit different to it than like the standard mm-hmm. Viking revenge movie. Um, so that's why I'm, yeah, looking forward to it. Yeah. Mostly the director attached to it is a big part of it. So that was actually next on my list. So two birds, one stone. Um, Like you said, Robert Edgar is an interesting director. I think Lighthouse was my, I got to revisit the year, of course, but I think Lighthouse was my favorite film of that year. So he's one of those directors that I trust right now. That's like the Parasite year. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> oh. <laughs> um, that was my second favorite film of that year. So I think that... um. I look forward to it because, like you said, it's not going to just be a straightforward tale. Like, you know, there's going to be some, like, I I think it might go the Green Knight realm where it's like, are magical things happening or is it just a story they tell? Yeah. Like, I've there's a scene in the trailer where it's like, you have some woman, like, in Viking um, goddess kind of outfits running on a Pegasus to the sky. I'm like, those are the kind of things I look forward to in his films. And I know that the the visuals and the cinematography and all that stuff is going to be amazing, so... Yeah, you might get a lot more um, maybe like Norse mythology than you would yeah. in other films, which would, again, be like just more of a straightforward revenge. But I know that the Norse mythology yeah. is going to be kind of psychological more so than and, something that happens is really happening. So, mm-hmm. And I know, like you said, it, it says like Northman is described as a grounded story set in Iceland. Like I know it's going to be very like violent yeah. and, you know, almost like a realistic take on how this would go. Like it's not going to be like one man kills a thousand warriors and holds Thor's hammer up in glory. It's going to be something really tragic. So I'm really looking forward to this film in general. So, yeah, that kind of kills two birds with one stone now that we both had the Norseman next on our list. Um, My next film is 65. You don't really get a lot of um information about it, but I know it's starring, um what's his name again? From... He plays Star Give Wars. Me no context clue. <laughs> yeah, I know. What's his name, what's again? His name again? Like, I don't know. From Star Wars, he was Kylo Ren. Oh, Adam Driver. Adam Driver. So essentially, there's literally nothing about this movie out other than an astronaut crash lands on a mysterious planet only to discover that he's not alone. It's another, like, I like psychological films. And this feels like another film that's going to be like a psychological horror kind of film. Um, so the directors of the film is Scott Beck and Brian Woods. Um, doesn't really give much context into how the film's going to be, but it's just a film that I'm really looking forward into based on the premise of it. I like sci-fi movies. Um, I like horror films. It's kind of like a good amalgamation of things that I like. So I'm just really looking forward to the film. There's not much out on it. 
production started in September 2020, so it's probably another one of those films that could have made 2021, but they pushed it back. Um, I just want to see how it does, and I think that it's going to be a interesting film, even if it's not the best film, but we literally have no context on how it's going to be. So Yeah, that one, again, is one I haven't heard of, so you're introducing me to something new. Um, but it does sound like an interesting film. Adam Driver tends to be a pretty solid actor in most things he's in, so I think he'll do well, especially since it sounds like he's probably like the main actor in the movie, which I feel like is a testament usually to an actor's ability if they can hold their own while being alone for a majority of the film. So I'm interested to see how that um, works for him. Okay, so the next movie on my list is and if anyone knows me um, in real life, they know that I am a big Bob's Burger fan. And this year they're releasing the Bob's Burger movie. Or, yeah, the Bob's Burger movie. Um, so that is the next film on my list. It's about uh, the Belcher family trying to save their restaurant, which, which I feel like what the show is about. They're always kind of struggling to keep um, Bob's Burger afloat and... In this movie, they're going to be doing the same thing. And it's just kind of like a longer TV episode. You'll probably have some good songs in it because Bob's Burger, it kind of reminds me of Steven Universe, although the songs are less emotional mm. in a way where you have good songs in the show, like they're memorable <coughs> songs. So you can like go back and like when you hear it, you'll remember it. Um, I think that this movie will probably do the same. And I think that... I've never I've never been like a Simpsons person, so I've never seen the Simpsons movie, but I think that movies from TV shows tend to translate pretty well when it's like a cartoon because usually again it's like the same um voice cast, same writer directors. Maybe you'll get like a few stars to star as voice actors on the show, um, or in the movie. So that's yeah, the next on my list is a Bob's Burger movie. Oh, that sounds good. Um if it's not a musical, I'll be disappointed. Like I want a lot of Bob's Burger music because I would that's one of the aspects of Bob Burger. I think don't get enough love is the music and the um, animation. Um, yeah, I, I like Bob's Burger. I've seen every episode of Bob's Burger twice, so I don't want to seem like I'm a Bob's Burger hater. Like yeah. I love Bob's Burger. Like I think it's one of the best like recurring cartoon sitcoms out right now. Yeah, it might be the best. I can't really think of anything better than it. Like yeah. I really like Bob's Burger. So the fact that it's like going on, I think it's on its twelfth season, and it does have dips and qualities. Like I won't pretend that it's been like consistent from the very beginning. But it's generally still pretty funny. Yeah, I think Even it's been pretty consistent, honestly. Twelve seasons, in, and there are a couple of seasons that are a little shaky. But I watch it uh, more than you. Yeah, so. you have it on, like on reruns. So yeah, it's like my sleep show. It's kind of yeah. like I can just put it on to fall asleep to it. So yeah, yeah. Like it's like a show that I've act like I've actively watched two times. Mm-hmm. It's not really like a background show for me. Yeah. So I could say that actively watching it, it was a show that I really enjoyed. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm really looking forward to the movie now. I didn't know they were coming out with a movie, so I'm not mad at that. Yeah. So what's the next film on my list? Um, if this is not on your list, I'll be genuinely surprised. It is called The Killers of Flower Moon. No, that's the um, Martin Scorsese movie, right? Yeah. I'm I surprised. thought about it, but I, I didn't put it on. Okay. So. But I am looking forward to it. It is Martin Scorsese starring... Um, I can never remember actors' names. I'm terrible Leonardo at actors' names. Leonardo, Leonardo DiCaprio. And essentially, a uh, premise of it is members of Osage tribe in the United States are murdered under mysterious circumstances in the 1920s, sparking a major FBI investigation involving, involving J. Edgar Hoover. Um, is he playing J. Edgar Hoover again? I'm not sure who he's playing in this okay. movie, but like, this is—I'm sure that um I could find out in a second. But 
I'm just, I trust Martin Scorsese. I like Leonardo DiCaprio. You really can't go wrong with those two working together. I'm just interested in the film to see what it turns out like. Like, I'm not expecting it to be like anything like, oh, this is, whoa, this is Martin Scorsese's most daring film. But I just expect it to be a really good movie, really solid, great acting, great directing. And yeah, it just seems like an interesting movie because of the names that tie to it. Like, anytime Martin Scorsese comes out of film, it's going to be my top 10. Yeah. Um, yeah, I am interested in seeing it. Again, I think it just didn't like crack the top 10 list for me. Um, it's definitely one that when it comes out, I'll probably either, you know, be in theaters or depending on like on Apple TV Plus or something, be at home um, watching. I am hope or I'm, I hope that they focus a lot on the people. Um, would you say the Osage? The Osage. Yeah. Osage people. I hope that doesn't like solely focus on Leonardo DiCaprio's people. If this is like a crime happening to the Native Americans, I hope that they're like real characters in the film and not just like a plot device a plot device to get his character to wherever they are um mm -hmm. he's supposed to be so that's like kind of the only area that i'm skeptical about because again martin scorsese is still like an older white man so he might find a way to solely focus on um leonardo DiCaprio, leonardo DiCaprio's character mm -hmm. as opposed to the osage people as well um which i feel like that could kind of go into what dances with the wolves territory we don't want to have yeah so the next film on my list is called don't worry darling it's um directed by olivia wilde and it's about a 1950s housewife living with her husband in a utopian experimental community begins to worry that his glamorous company may be hiding disturbing secrets and it stars um harry styles and florence Pugh. um i think that this one's on my list because i enjoyed Olivia Wilde's first movie, which is Booksmart. And I always enjoy Florence Pugh and stuff. I think she's like a great actress, especially when she has that little frowny face that she does in like all her stuff. Um, so I think that she's usually pretty capable. And I think Olivia Wilde will be pretty capable. I am skeptical of how much Harry Styles is being pushed on us as an actor, but hopefully he can actually um, do well in this movie. And I think the premise also sounds interesting um, about a 1950s housewife trying to kind of like discovering a dark secret of, you know, what her husband's really doing. So I'm guessing it sounds like it's leaning more towards the thriller category than or thriller or drama than a comedy, which will be an interesting turn for her because the book smart was clearly like a comedic film. It sounds very white. I, yeah, I think it's going to be. I was housewife. <laughs> I know. I know. <laughs> it was hard to find like more diverse movies this year i was yeah, i was no. looking but i mean i thought book smart was okay i thought people liked it more than i did but mm -hmm. i um i'll check it out like i'll keep an eye out for this film any trailers out for it yet or not yet no trailers yet they're like okay. set pictures and stuff but i feel like those don't really say anything about the movie yeah suburban films and housewives and stuff like that don't usually click with me like um i think that that setting in general is just so far from what my norm is that it's hard for me to be like, oh, this is really my thing. Yeah. But when they're good, they're good. So, I mean, I'll check out. Like I said, I'll watch any movie. Um, I'll see. I'll keep an eye out for this one. But off the premise, it probably doesn't sit with me, especially Harry Styles as an actor. Like, what else was he in? I can't even think of it. I think he was, like, in a bit cameo in The Eternals, and that's it. Okay. I don't know. I feel like, they, I feel like Harry Styles is being pushed 
uh, hope no Harry Styles is listening to our podcast because yeah. I feel like he's being pushed way really too hard, hard. Yeah. as like this like gender fashion icon and then this musician and then this actor is kind of like, I, I don't see it, but maybe this will be a convincing turn for him. Yeah. No, I'm so far removed from the Harry Styles fan base that it's hard for me to even like yeah. know what he's doing in his life. So um the next film on my list i'm sure we both have it is spider-man across the spider-verse oh, yeah 100%. yeah so um the first this is a movie that i'm worried about but because the first movie is one of my favorite films of all time like i would say top 10 as well um making magic t- happen twice is always hard so i want to see how they're able to do this because sometimes what works in the first film is so shocking it's like oh my god y'all really did this that worked really well. Sometimes when you try to recreate the same magic, it doesn't hit the same. Mm-hmm. So I want to see if they're able to recreate the same magic because I think that um, the Spider-Verse has such a good finesse of Miles as a character and separating him from Peter Parker as Spider-Man that I want to see how they expand on Spider-Man and this one. Because I know this one is also going to be kind of like exploring him and Gwen. So that doesn't really intrigue me as much as him having to learn to become learn to become Spider-Man and learning what responsibility is. So I do want to see how they do it, but I can say that I'm a little bit more worried for this one because the first one I didn't really have any expectations for going in because it was the first of the series. Now you made one of the greatest animated films of all time. How do you live up to that? That's what I'm curious and seeing for this one. Um, yeah, that everything you said is pretty much my exact sentiments. Um, it's kind of like, I can't think of the exact word, like capturing magic in a bottle or something like that. There's like a saying where it's kind of like lightning doesn't strike twice. So will they be able to do the same thing? And it doesn't have to be the same thing, obviously, but will they be able to capture that same feeling in a second movie that they did in the first? Because I also feel like there's so much expectation set upon them now to make a movie that was as good as the first one, that it'll be hard to not fumble it a little bit. But I have hope and like faith that it'll be good because they do have all of the same um, writers and directors coming back to do this one. So it's not like they kind of made a great movie and they were like, okay, let's give it to someone else to make the next one. Um, So I'm hopeful that the movie will be if not as good as Into the Spider-Verse, because I feel like that's a very, very hard thing to do. Yep. It'll still be a good movie, though. Yeah, I agree with that. I think it's going to be... I think the minimum is good. The ceiling is superb, but surpassing the first one is almost like an impossible feat. I feel like that's going to be so hard. Like if, it, yeah. if it surpasses the first one, and I'll be very surprised. And I think the magic of the first one also is because you went in there, or I went in there with like no expectations. Yeah, exactly. I was kind of like okay, another Spider-Man movie, this time starring Miles Morales. Mm-hmm. But with, like, the animation and the story and the mm-hmm. multiple Peters and the way they did all of that, it was so cool to watch that mm-hmm. you can go back and watch it again and again and you don't really get tired of it. You like, I've seen tired, it at least yeah. three, four times since it's come out, if not more. And it's never boring. And it's never boring. So I feel like now we kind of have an expectation, though, going into the new one of what they can do. So it's kind of like, can you surprise us again? And then I guess another question should be, doesn't matter if they can surprise us if they can put out a good product. Yeah, that's my thing is that um the I think the floor is good because even if the story's trash, the animation in those movies are so good that you could get away with a bad story, but 
then they put a great story on top of great animation, which is why the first movie is so good. Mm-hmm. It was like perfectly executed. Music was good. Yeah, like every- it was just yeah. everything about it was good. The second film is like, okay, what are we going to lean into this time in order to make sure that this story is good? That's what I'm most concerned about is the story, not the animation. Music, I'm not sure. We'll see about the music. So, yeah, I'm not really too concerned about anything other than the story. And we're going to see how that plays out. But if it if it's good, I will be happy. If it's an 8 out of 10 film, I will be happy. I'm expecting 7 out of 10 at worst. Anything beyond that, I'll be content. Mm-hmm. Um, the next film on my list is kind of in the same vein of the Spider-Man um, Into the Spider-Verse, which is Black Panther, Wakanda Forever, where in Black Panther, when it first came out, it was a freaking phenomenon. Like, mm-hmm. I remember I would, um, I was working at a school at that point and seeing, like, the little black kids come in and go and, like, doing the little Wakanda Forever, like, all of those things. It was so big. People getting in, like, the costumes, well, not the costumes, but, like, the outfits and dressing up to go to the movie. Like, it was huge. The fact that it was nominated for Best Picture was huge and tragically Chadwick Boseman passed away two years ago or in 2020 not two years yeah. but in 2020 um of cancer so he isn't able to or he yeah he isn't able to be Black Panther anymore and they didn't chose not to recast T'Challa which I understand why they chose not to recast such a big role um but they're still going forward with the second movie, and I feel very skeptical about it, but it is on my list because I'm interested to see what they do with it. Like, I feel like everything you've been hearing about it so far from the set has just been, like, issues upon issues. Like, Letitia Wright, you know, doesn't want to do this, or she got injured, or this or that, but it seems like maybe the movie's being built around her, which I hope she is in the Black Panther because I don't think she's the best actress. I don't think yeah. she's terrible, but I don't think she's the best. Um, well, Mickey Mouse but- got her whipped into shape oh yeah <laughs> <laughs> they don't play when disney like nah. disney always wins don't go against disney yeah if, i think if she did it would be like it for her career honestly yeah um but then you also this is what made me interested in it is was michaela cola's cast in it um i don't know if you know who michaela cola is no. she's like from um i may destroy you in chewing gum mm-hmm. um oh she's in the film she's in the film i think she might be playing Storm. I don't know. But I know they're trying to bring Storm into MCU. Mm-hmm. So uh, that made, that casting made me interested. I can see her playing Storm. Yeah. That's a good cast for Storm. Um, that casting choice made me interested in the film mm-hmm. as well. So I'm interested to see where it goes. Like, they brought back Ryan Coogler. He's writing and directing again. He wasn't supposed to, right? I I think he was supposed to direct. I don't know if he was supposed to write and direct. But okay. I think he was supposed to be back. Um, so I am interested to see in which directions they take it, especially again with Chadwick Boseman having passed away. So you have to kind of reshape how you're going to, um, make the film and yeah, hopefully it's good. I don't know, but they captured like such a, it was such a big moment. Like, I think it was the first non Avengers movie, maybe non Iron Man movie to get like a billion dollars at the box office, which is unheard of. And then with a black lead on top of that. It was like huge. So can you capture that again? Yeah, I'm just here for the haters. Yeah, like the first time. I like people being mad about black films doing well. So oh yeah, I'm gonna be here for the outrage. Um, yeah, I'm looking forward to Black Panther: Wakanda Forever. I'm a little bit um skeptical of Marvel films right now in general because I'm just a little bit like marveled out, marveled out from the formula. I'll watch it. Like, I'm gonna go see Black Panther: Wakanda Forever. I'm also a little bit skeptical to if it comes out in 2022. 
because they're it seems like they're just getting things on track right now. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd rather the film be not rushed than rushed just yeah. to meet a deadline. But this Disney, you but know, Disney, yeah. Because yeah. I think that I, from what I've seen, I think like Riri Williams, who's like the Ironheart, yeah, having a TV show on Disney Plus is going to be in it. Okay, so I think if they push it back, they probably have to push back her show, which probably pushes back other. So they're probably like, nah, y'all getting this out because I think on top of everything, the MCU is a machine. Like, yeah, yeah they first and foremost, they yeah. care about the movies, they care about whatever, but. It's to me the bottom line. Like you have to have this, this, and this happen. That's why every TV show, every movie, every this ends in a cliffhanger because it has to continue on to the next story. And that's one of my problems with them is that it starts to feel like a product after a while more than a hundred percent product. Yeah, yeah. And I look forward to Black Panther: Wakanda Forever, but the first film I feel was another moment that's going to be hard to recapture Mm -hmm. because of how everything lined up at the time. That was like in the midst of the Black film renaissance. And it was, like, the biggest of them. Mm-hmm. So it was, like, you had movies like Get Out two years before, a year before, whatever. Moonlight. Moonlight. And then you had Black Panther, Wakanda Forever, which was, like, the cherry on the... I'm going to say cherry on the cake. I forget <laughs> what the term is. <laughs> Top but, of the Sunday. Yeah, cherry on the Sunday, icing on the cake. Icing on the Sunday, cherry on the cake. But, <laughs> yeah. It's definitely a film I'm looking forward to. I am a little bit skeptical if it comes out 2022, but Disney will find a way, and I never bet against Disney. So the next film on my list, I'm going to do a swap because we're talking about films that probably aren't going to come out. Um, I'm going to say Django versus Zorro. Um, that's an anime? No, it's a film that is being directed by Quentin Tarantino. Oh, that's not coming. I have never even heard of it until today. <laughs> it's it's slated for 2022. That ain't coming out. <laughs> it's probably even start recording yet. Is what, Jamie Foxx and Antonio Banderas? No, it's um Gerard Michael. What did he say? Gerard Carmichael? Oh, yeah, I know, I know what you're talking yeah, about. Yeah, yeah, Gerard, I forget how they say his name. Um, Gerard Carmichael, yeah, is to co-write it. And um, it seems like they started working on it in 2019. That's when the, the rumors started coming out. Um, it's based on a book, actually. Um, yeah, a book. And I'm not putting my money on it coming out this year. But yeah, it's slated for 2022. So I'm going to say it's a film that I'm looking forward to in 2022 because I love Django's, one of my favorite films. And I don't remember Zorro. Like, I was so young when those came out that I really don't have a say on it. Was it directed by, um, what's Quentin Tarantino's friend's name? That made Spy Kids? They're really close to each other. Mm, I don't know off the top of my head. Okay, you know what I'm talking about, though, right? I think so. Yeah, he's um the Hispanic director. Robert Rodriguez? Yeah, Robert Rodriguez. Um, Did he direct Zorro or Mombuggin? Yeah, I'm looking forward to Zorro. No, it was Martin Campbell. Okay. But yeah, I'm looking forward to... um. Django versus Zorro. I'm not putting my money on that movie coming out till 2024. But it's slated for this year, so it's a movie that I thought I would bring up. The movie I'm looking forward to uh, next is called Disappointment Boulevard, which is directed by Ari Aster, who directed um, Hereditary and Midsommar. And it stars Joaquin Phoenix, Nathan Lane, um, Patty Lupone, and like a bunch of other people. And it's apparently a comedy horror film. And the synopsis is, it's a film that uh, described as an intimate decade-spanning portrait of one of the most successful entrepreneurs of all time. Again, that's not really much to go off of. There isn't a preview yet or anything like that. I'm going with the fact that it's Ari Aster, and I enjoyed or loved um, Hereditary, enjoyed Midsommar. Mm-hmm. And I think he's like really good at directing horror films. And 
I wonder how he'll do as, uh, with the comedy horror. But I feel like both of the other two kind of had like a little bit of a couple of chuckles in there. Maybe not as funny. Like Hereditary definitely wasn't funny, but there were um, some moments where you could like find some humor. Um, and Joaquin Phoenix is like, I feel like he's having like a second act of his career. Like yeah. he's been. Joaquin like, Phoenix, Arias is a weird combination. Yeah, it's going to be a very interesting movie. So I feel like it'll probably be really good. Um, which is why it's on my list of movies I'm looking forward to. Okay. Yeah, I'm definitely looking for anything about Ari Aster because Miss Summer I love, um, Hereditary I love. I didn't know about it this till uh, till just now, but it's a movie that I'm definitely gonna see because if it's psychological horror, I love traumatizing myself, so I'm definitely gonna go see that film. The next film on my list is Bell, which is a film that's actually out now. It is an animated film by, what's his name? The director, um, he did movies he did, like... like uh, the Girl Who Left Through Time. I don't know his name, but I know... He, no, no, no. Did he do that? Uh-huh. Oh, okay. Because I um, remember that in the preview. It's like, from the director of The Girl yeah. Who Left Through Time. He also did Wolf's Children, which is... I don't know if you've ever seen Wolf's Children, but... I haven't. That movie is superb. Um, give me a second. I'm going to pull his name up right now. His name is Mamoru Hosoda. Um, this film is about a shy high school girl living in rural village for years she has been a shadow of herself but when she enters you a massive virtual world she escapes into her online persona as bell a globally beloved singer um he's one of those directors that you just trust like Mm -hmm. when he comes out with a film it's like okay i know you're gonna do it justice i know you're gonna hit all the notes that are like emotionally riveting story-wise encapsulating Blah, 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 all the um, buzz terms. And, you know, the virtual world, we're living in an era where it's like the metaverse this, metaverse that. Um, what your true persona is, what your avatar is, what your different personas are. So I'm interested to see how this movie shows those relevant themes in today's era. Yeah, um, it's funny because when I saw that this was one of your movies on your list, it kind of like never occurs to me to put this on my list as a 2022 movie. And I think it's because we're, it's already out. All those 2022 is still already out. And then the first time I heard of it was at um, Anime NYC and we could have seen it then. So I was kind of like, oh yeah, that's a 2021 Oh, you heard movie, about which, it then? Yeah, they had like a um, special showing oh, man. of it, but we couldn't get tickets because I think it was kind of like you had to get them a little oh, okay. like a while before. Yeah. I didn't know about that though. I wish I would have seen it then. Because um, I looked. It was for the Sunday. They had like a special screening. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. But it's definitely, yeah, one of the movies that I'm definitely looking forward to. I think by the time this podcast comes out, I will have seen it because I'm planning on seeing it later today. Okay. Um, I'm seeing it this weekend. I'm excited for that movie um, as well. Again, it wasn't on my list, but it's definitely up there for me. Like, I probably would have been if I hadn't considered it um, beforehand. Okay. Um, Does it count as a... if it? I know it's a 2022 film technically, but say like in the eyes of the Oscars, is it a 2021 film? Yeah, that's the fancy way of saying it, the Oscars. Um, is it a 2021 film? I I don't know. Okay. Yeah. So the Oscars need to, they need to do a better job at nominating films that aren't Pixar Disney. Yeah, I think one of the first, not the first, but one of the films that won against um, Disney was Spirited, Spirited Away. Away. It was like mm-hmm. the first non-Disney film to win X number of years, and I think yeah. the first film in from Japan to win to the win. Oscar. Yeah, I think we do have to divorce ourselves, but Disney's such a machine. Like, yeah. Disney is such a machine. Oh, my God. Um, but there are other animated 
films that come out that are interesting that could, you know, win. Like, I don't think have has the um what's the studio that did like Coraline, like Kubo and Oh, Lakai. Lakai. Have they ever won have they ever won an I'm Oscar? Not sure, but Coraline to me is like one of the, the best. best films of all time. I love yeah. Coraline, Coraline so much. So, I've seen Coraline so many times. Yeah, same. Um but okay, let me go to my number one. Before that, I do want to have a couple of honorable mentions that didn't quite make it, but I'm really looking forward to. And <laughs> there's a reason that one didn't quite make it. Um, just because I feel like it wasn't serious enough, which is Disenchantment, which is the uh, Enchanted, um, which is Disenchantment, which is the Enchanted sequel from that Disney movie that came out, you know, That's however many years ago. That's supposed to come out in 2022. It's going to be a Disney see. Channel movie? Uh, Disney Plus. Oh, Disney Plus, okay. I think so. It might go into theaters, but I think it might be on Disney Plus. Um, and then the second one is Knives Out 2, mm-hmm. which should be fun, um, but it was just not quite on my list. Top 10 material. Yeah. So my number one film is called The Woman King. Um, it's directed by Gina prince Bythewood. She did, like, Love and Basketball and um, films like that. Uh, it stars Viola Davis, Thuso... Medu, Medberu, Lashana Lynch, and John Boyega. And it's about a tribe of women in um, the kingdom of Domni who have an all female military unit. Um, and I think it sounds really interesting the fact that it's kind of like takes place, I think, um, again, in this kingdom in Africa. And they have like this all female unit and like a female, a woman king, and all of these other things. Um, so that's, yeah, that's my number one. Okay. That sounds interesting. Um, when does that come out? Uh, in September. Okay. So you got some time before that one. Yeah. Okay. Um, this is not my number one film that I'm looking forward to. It's just number one. Yeah. On the list. I okay. Want yeah. To be no, clear. Yeah. Same. That's for me, the same thing. The number yeah. one film is not like the woman King. It's just number one on the list. Yeah. yeah. Cause, um, I'm looking forward to Lightyear. Like the I'm Buzz curi- Lightyear movie? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I'm curious to see how that plays out. Um, it's like the most unnecessary film ever made. We don't need to know more about the backstory of Buzz Lightyear the toy, but no, Disney decided see, to make it. It's the backstory, yeah, about Buzz Lightyear the toy, which is based, based on, on like Buzz Lightyear the yeah, character. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so it's like the show that um, what's his name? Andy was watching as a kid to want to buy the Buzz Lightyear toy. I guess I don't know, but it's a, I'm 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 interested in it. Like I'm not gonna act like it's my most. It's not my most anticipated film. I would say like my anticipation is like a seven out of ten, maybe yeah, six point five out of ten. But is it Pixar? I believe it's Pixar. Yeah, I trust Pixar. Or Disney. I don't Disney, know. Pixar. Yeah, yeah. they kind of, yeah. I trust them. I know it's going to, like, hit the beats. There's going to be sad moments, happy moments, blah, blah, blah. But it's a film that I'm looking forward to, so I can't, I I put it on my list because I couldn't really think of any other animated Pixar films that I could put over that. Okay, well, that's been this episode. I do want to challenge you to do something, Jabari. Um, I'm doing it myself. Which is, I'm trying to track every movie that I watch this year on Letterboxd, including even the bad ones. Like, I just watched The Poseidon Adventure, be, or the not even Poseidon Adventure, just The Poseidon from 2006. Oh, you mean you're tracking every film, not every, just movie theater film? No, not just movie theater, okay. every film. And that, it's not like a good film. It was kind of like, I need to watch something, and it's, yeah. you know, background noise. So, I want to challenge you to do the same film thing. Film and TV or just film? Just, just, well, I have a film only list. I could do a TV list as well, but right okay. now I have only a film list. It's on Letterboxd, so if anyone wants to follow me, my uh, username is Bonji, B-O-N-J-I underscore T. Um, Jabari, do you have Letterboxd? No, I'll make one today, though. I'll just make it Bari Amir. Okay, and 
yeah, follow us on Letterboxd if you kind of want to see what movies we're watching. I haven't given them any reviews or anything yet, but I'm just kind of tracking what tracking I watch. Tracking what you watch, yeah. yeah. Thank you for listening to today's episode. Please remember to rate, review, and subscribe uh, wherever you get your podcast. And we will be back in a couple of weeks for our next episode. Bye. Later. Thank you for listening to today's episode. Please remember to rate, review, and subscribe uh, wherever you get your podcast. And we will be back in a couple of weeks for our next episode. Bye. Later. Thank you for listening to today's episode. Please remember to rate, review, and subscribe uh, wherever you get your podcast. And we will be back in a couple of weeks for our next episode. Bye. Later. Thank you for listening to today's episode. Please remember to rate, review, and subscribe uh, wherever you get your podcast. And we will be back in a couple of weeks for our next episode. Bye. Later. Thank you for listening to today's episode. Please remember to rate, review, and subscribe uh, wherever you get your podcast. And we will be back in a couple of weeks for our next episode. Bye. Later. Thank you for listening to today's episode. Please remember to rate, review, and subscribe uh, wherever you get your podcast. And we will be back in a couple of weeks for our next episode. Bye. Later. Thank you for listening to today's episode. Please remember to rate, review, and subscribe uh, wherever you get your podcast. And we will be back in a couple of weeks.